I like the Packers. You like the Packers? Yeah. Dude, I can't believe you. Thought you were my guy. You like the Cowboys? You like the Cowboys. Yeah, that's Daddy's team. I like the Packers. <laughs> that's heartbreaking, dude. That's heartbreaking, son. <clears throat> Uncle Nick will be excited, though. So when I tell you I love you? I tell you I love you. You love me too? Yeah. Do you know that I love you more? I love you more. <laughs> you can't love me more. But ultimately, I love you most. I love you. You love me most? I love you most. <laughs> no way. I love you most. I love you most. You're my boy. I am your boy. I'm your boy too? What is up? Season two, episode two of the Better Dad podcast. It has taken me a little bit to <clears throat> really force myself to sit down and kind of pump one of these out. I uh, I have so much content that I gather during the week that I just think would be so good to, to just talk about. And then I get busy or I get distracted or <clears throat> honestly, sometimes the content ends up um, becoming a little bit uh, jaded, I think maybe is the word. Um, sometimes what I feel in that moment that seems legitimate uh, a couple days later doesn't feel as legitimate. I don't know if that's just the reality of parenthood and how things kind of change and adjust from time to time or if that's just like personal insecurity manifesting itself in some of the things that I feel like I glean from fatherhood. Um <clears throat> but what you just heard was was me and my guy exchanging some words before bed. Um, I always try and put a little bit of him in there just so you know my motivation for getting on here um, and, and just sharing life experiences and personal experiences, just being a father um, and trying to navigate what it is to be a good dad in the final days of 2022. Um, he's so funny. We just... We talk about everything, you know, I'm, I'm so spoiled to have a son who's very smart and articulate and just able to reveal perspective in my life on a, on a moment by moment basis that has really transformed the way that I think and talk and act. Um, so, um, I'm going to be a little bit all over the place with this episode tonight. I, um, there's a couple of things I want to jump in and out of. And so hopefully my scatterbrained timeline outline um you can follow uh but first and foremost i just want to pray um i I don't want to shy away from what i believe in i don't want this to be anything about me or my abilities or lack thereof i just want this to be about my relationship with the lord and what it means to be a father um so heavenly father i ask in this moment for the men and or women that are listening to this podcast um God, that you just use these words for your glory, um, that my experiences um, and my stories speak truth in the lives of parents and or soon-to-be parents, God, and that you just, you get glory from everything that's said. God, I ask for the parents right now that are overstimulated, that are hurting, that are lonely, that are tired, that feel underappreciated. Father, I just ask in this moment that you just surround them, that you give them peace and rest 
and strength to keep going. I pray for the, the marriages, the relationships, the single parents involved trying to figure this out on their own. God, I ask for all of those parties involved. God, that you just bless them. God, that as they listen to this, that they get some sort of humor and peace, um, but also some courage and confidence to keep moving forward and to end this year strong and to tar- start 2023 with a bang. Father, we love you and we trust you. In your name we pray, amen. So <clears throat> I uh, I just recently got back from a trip to Florida with my son. Um, and if you, if you ever want to know kind of where you're at in life, take a trip as a single parent to another state on a plane. Oh my gosh, dude. It is... <laughs> wildly rewarding first and foremost um but it is so many challenges i cannot begin to explain so first and foremost one thing i tell new parents or parents as they're preparing to be parents is preparation and being overly prepared you will never regret you know having too many diapers is never worse than not having enough or packing enough this or having enough that or thinking ahead 10 steps. I mean, the game of parenthood is definitely chess. Um, you got to be prepared for all and anything that can happen. So as I prepare for this trip, um, I'm thinking about what kind of toys does he want to have on the plane? Does he need this medicine or that medicine? Does he have wipes, di- diapers, you name it? And then you're thinking, okay, well, this has to be this many ounces and this has to be in a plastic bag. So it's just super stressful because you got to pack for yourself and then you got to pack for them. And it's crazy. So when, when I book a flight in the past, when we had flown together <clears throat> as a one-year-old, um, he, he didn't cost anything because he sat on my lap. Well, now as a two-year-old who looks like a four-year-old, he has to have his own ticket, which costs the exact same as an adult, let me tell you, which is brutal um, because his feet don't even touch the ground. Anyways, so I book my flights. They ask for his age. So I put in two-year-old traveling with me. So we get to our first flight and it's early, early in the morning. As parents, I suggest flying as early as possible. Let your kids come in. A little drowsy, let him rest that flight. He was so excited though, he didn't sleep at all. Well, we get on the first plane and we are actually sitting in the same row, but with an aisle between us. So the lady in the two seat aisle looked at us and goes, hey, I'll switch you. So we switched, everything was fine, it was cool. So we flew, we landed in Atlanta and you know, you've got a bag, a two year old, a bear, a blankie, a tablet, a cup, like you've got so much stuff. And so you land at this gigantic airport and you've got like 45 minutes between this flight and the next flight. And you got to get on a train that takes you to a bus that takes you to a bicycle that takes you a skateboard all the way around the whole stinging airport till you finally get there. And you get there and you're sweaty and you're out of breath and you're tired and you finally sit down. Well, I'm not, I'm not thinking too much about it. So I get my tickets out. They call us to get in line. And, you know, there's a million people lined up for this flight. It's full flight, of course. And I looked down at my ticket and it says 24E and 25E. And I guess when I looked at that, I thought the E's were the same. So that made sense that we were together. But in reality, what that meant was that my son was on one row and I was on another, which is dumb, right? It's dumb. 
So I go to the counter and I say, hey, ma'am, um, I need this fixed. She goes, what do you mean? I said, well, this is my son. So I point down to my guy and I'm like, hey, uh, he obviously can't sit in a row by himself. So I need to change that. She said, sir, well, it's a full flight. I go, I, I mean, I get that, but just like move some seats around. Like that's kind of what you do, right? And she was like, well, sir, why would you have booked your son on a different row? And I go, ma'am, obviously I did not book him on a different row. We booked the flight. They asked for his age. I assume that whoever's in charge of seating logistics on your airline would have thought, why would we put a two-year-old separate from his dad? So like, honestly, there was so much resistance. I was kind of confused. And I was like, hey, I'm not trying to create an issue. I just need you to put me next to my son. She said, so my hands are tied. The best thing that you could do is get on the flight and maybe make friends with some passengers and see if they'll switch you. And I go, um, I, I don't accept that. <laughs> I cannot put the chance that you want me to get on an airplane and potentially have to sit a row away from my child. Like, I, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I imagine you don't want to be the person who separated a two-year-old and his dad on a flight. I said, please find a manager. So she finds a manager, manager comes over and whatever magic wand he had, waved it and put us next to each other. So thankfully that all worked out. When we get on the plane, we land and you know, when you get to an airport, every guy that gets off the airplane has the same exact trajectory straight to the bathroom. So I've got me my son, my bag, his blankie, his bear, his tablet, and his cup. And so I... I obviously can't leave my son out in the lobby with our bags so I have to take him in with me so you know this is a funny story but this is also a highlight of being a single parent where sometimes you're just like man it would be really nice to have another person to like help me here but nonetheless so we go to the bathroom and there's you know 35 urinals all the way down the hall and there's 30 of them are occupied so I while holding my son with a backpack, set his tablet on top of the urinal, hold his cup in one of my armpits, and I begin to use the restroom. Well, we are currently in the season of trying to teach my son how to use the big boy potty. And so obviously with a two-year-old, one of the things that helps teach them how to act is, is repetition and positive reinforcement. So anytime my son uses the big boy potty, it's good job, buddy. Way to go. Good job. Here's a piece of candy or, you know, whatever. So I, I get into the restroom and I begin to use the restroom. And, and obviously if, if you're a dude on here, you know, there's like bathroom etiquette, like eyes forward. You don't really talk to anybody. You get in, you get out, whatever. So 30 men in here probably using the restroom. My son is in one arm. I'm trying to use the restroom and I begin to do so. Well, all of a sudden he starts patting my back. He goes, dad, I'm so proud of you. You're doing it. Way to go, dad. Good job. 
and you know I, I'm possibly mortified <laughs> in front of all these men who's got this two-year-old patting him on the back that he finally successfully peed in the potty um but you know so I, I finish I grab my bag everything else and so you've got a toddler in one arm you're trying to wash one hand you switch him to the other arm you wash the other hand it's just I mean it is an absolute sight to see I promise we get our bags and we um, get to our grandpa's car and we're off. And, you know, I just want to highlight grandma and grandpa for a minute. Um, you know, I, I, I'll be so honest. I am so blessed with an abundant amount of resources and relationships here locally with people that love and support me as a parent and that love my child like tremendously. Um, but, but going on this trip and being so taken care of and so loved and blessed. And, and you know, like I, I want to, I want to really speak to this because they, they're super important to me and, and I don't know if I can ever communicate how important they are to me. And I just want to be able to try and articulate it on here, even if they don't ever listen to it. Um, when we go there, not, not only do we want for nothing, not only are our meals and the places we go and the things that we do taken care of by them, but they are so supportive in the way that I parent. And and I can't, I, I wish I could explain it better. They don't do anything without my permission. They are so careful about what they do or say with my son because they're so hyper-focused on supporting me as a dad. And I, I just, that's so good. That's so good. They, they love my child. They want to show him off, but they don't exclude me in the process. I, I don't know. I don't explain it. They're just so good. And there's such an abundant amount of rest that I receive in the time that I'm there, even if it's if it's, if we're busy from sun up to sundown, I'm just, I, I can't move when I'm there and it not be in the posture of being loved and supported. I'm so thankful for that. So the trip was great. Um, we came back, got home and, and, and prepared essentially for the holidays. And so here's where I'm going to like be a little vulnerable and I want to be careful because I don't want to speak ill of anyone or anything or any setup, but, but I do want season two to be a little bit more bold. Um, you know, I I know this is a feel good podcast in a lot of ways, but I also need to start talking about some, some heavy stuff because, uh, in a lot of the conversations I've had with some men recently, there, there are some burdens that are crippling these men's ability to uh, to operate, I think, as, as functional, successful fathers, let alone regular men. Um, so I, I kind of want to talk about that. So I'll, I'll be honest, man, the holidays make being a single parent more difficult um, in, a, in a handful of ways. Now, <clears throat> I'll speak to two sides of this. The first is the tough side. There's not anything that I do with my son where I'm not painfully reminded of being a single parent. 
to use the restroom and to know I have a certain amount of time that I'm allowed to use the restroom before it is potentially dangerous for my son to be left alone, even in my own home. To know that if I have to shower, I have to put him in his high chair, get him some fruit snacks and prop up my phone while I take a quick shower so that he's safe. That he doesn't go to sleep on his own. So if there is something going on at my house, it has to pause and it needs my full attention. It means when I'm tired, I don't have someone that says, hey, I'll watch him for a minute when you take a nap or anything. Like I'm not speaking to something that most single parents that listen to this don't know. Um, So first and foremost, if you are a dad listening to this, if you're a soon-to-be dad listening to this and you have a spouse let me encourage you to do this. Thank your spouse. I know you guys have your bad days. I know they get frustrating. I know sometimes it seems like, man, I'd be better off by myself doing this. You're not. (laughs) You're not. You're not. Your wife is a blessing. She is an absolute blessing, dude. Um, I've got... A lot of close friends that are new parents or about to be parents. So real quick, shout out to a guy. I can't put his name out there yet just because of how fresh it is. Um, But a dear friend of mine shared recently with me that he is going to be a father. And dude, if you're listening, I'm so excited to see you be a dad. I'm so proud of you for the way that you have um, fought for your marriage and done so many incredible things and are now in a position to be the greatest father. And I can't wait to see what you do um, in that baby's life, man. So congratulations. Um, but so the, the idea here is that I, I want to I wanna highlight some of the men in my life. Um, even when I talked to tonight, that was just like, hey, our baby is teething and he won't sleep unless one of us is is holding him and it is kicking our butts and we're at each other's throats and we had a fight and all this stuff. And before I could even be like, all right, so what do you, what's next? He goes, but we're both trying really hard to be gracious with each other. And, you know, I took him to daycare this morning so that she could have a little bit of time to rest. And I'm like, dude, like I'm listening to men be great dads and be great husbands and be great leaders, man. I'm so encouraged by that. And so you know, one, I want you to just, if you're listening to this and you are, you know, fortunate enough to have a partner that comes alongside you in this and and does it, please support them. Please remind them how thankful you are. Just as men, like we like to be appreciated for our efforts as fathers, those, those other spouses love to be supported and appreciated for their efforts too. And not just as mothers, but as, as support systems in your household. Um, Fellas, sometimes you don't know how good you got it. Uh, you could be peeing in an airport with your son high-fiving you on the back while you go potty for the first time. <laughs> um, yeah, so even a, a step further, um, you know, the the idea of being a single parent and um, having to answer questions, you know, ha- having to, you know, navigate 
how you explain things to a two-year-old. And, you know, right now he, he's not as articulate as he will be when he's five or when he's 10 or when he's 15. Um, but there is this ever existing burden of shame, essentially, that just kind of comes with not being able to give him what I thought I would have had at this point, if you ask me, you know, 10 years ago. Um, you know, the idea of being a single dad, uh, I don't think is very glamorous. Um, I talk about it a lot because it is a reality for me, but it's not something I, I want to brag about because I don't think it's God's ultimate plan. And I see that every day when I interact with him. Um, but on the flip side of that, can I also speak to God's graciousness and to God's will in my life? Um, becoming a single parent is and has been probably one of the most educating and humbling experiences in my entire life. Being a guy who really has had a lot of success in his life based on just being fortunate or being a good speaker, none of those things saved me in being a single dad. Um, I've had to learn so much about myself. I've had to learn so much about being independent for the sake of his survival. I've had to learn so much about day-to-day things that I never thought I would know anything about. And it's been exhausting and it's been trying and challenging and, and a lot of times defeating. But where I sit right now, knowing my house is cleaned, my son is content, safe, asleep, knowing that he is well-fed, well-taken care of, cleaned with clean clothes like I you know like I did that me by myself (laughs) and um while I know it's not the ultimate goal forever it's the reality that's right now and um and God is being revealed in my singleness in such a beautiful way um and I I'm thankful for that I I wasn't for a long time um but what he has done for me in a result of being a single parent. And I, I don't want to, I want to talk to other single parents that listen to this. Um, it is so easy to focus on being single as a parent. So easy to focus on the difficulties that come from, and, and I get it. Like, please don't let me underplay it because there are days that I, I don't feel like getting out of bed sometimes too. Um, but in reality, it's an opportunity and the opportunity is that you are are becoming the best version of yourself for the next person that you meet and I know that's so cliche and weird to say and sound but like in all honesty my future wife is so much better off because of the time that I've spent being a single parent. I know that's, that's that's so weird and backwards and out there. And like, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm just speaking from the heart, right? I'm just being so transparent, but what it's taught me is it's taught me to be so independent. Like right now, sun up to sundown, it's me and I take care of him. And what that means is the person that I meet that, that potentially becomes my future spouse she can know that 
I, I didn't choose her because I needed her to fill a role. I, I didn't need her to do these duties for me. I'm already doing them. And essentially for both parents. So I, I hope the person that God has for me understands that, you know, you're just bonus. Like I choose you. I don't need you. Like I, I choose you because I want you to be a part of what this is. So shout out to my single parents. Um, I know it's burdensome. I know it's frustrating. I know it's hard to think about your own life when you're constantly thinking about your kids. Single parents of more than one kid, two, three, four, five, y'all are superheroes. Um, I don't know how you do it, but I, I just want you to be encouraged by the fact that I think that you are being refined for the greatest season of your life. And together, parents, I, I don't want to lose you in this. I am I'm so grateful for what you're doing. Um, man, even give a shout out to, to my tattoo artists. Um, sometimes we don't always see eye to eye on certain things, but I do love the way that him and his wife work together to be good parents and a good spouses to each other. Um, that's important to me. And, and that's, I think why we have the friendship that we do because he, um, makes that such a priority in his life and you can tell in his kids uh, because of it. So uh, I'm shouting out single parents and together parents. Um, My word for together parents is make time to appreciate your spouse for what they do and for what they mean. And not just from a duty perspective, but from like a support perspective where you're like, man, I, I, I don't know what it would be like if I didn't have you constantly affirming me or having my back or being willing to pick up the slack where I dropped it. And single parents, can I encourage you to hold fast and to be proud of what you're doing and where you're at? And even if it's not where you ultimately want to be, take a minute and be excited where you are. Your kids are alive. They have food. They have purpose. They have a parent that is fighting for them. That's crucial. You know, I, I'm, I'm constantly looking at things and, and as I begin more and more and more and more and more to have conversations about fatherhood specifically just because of this, you know, podcast and kind of merchandise and, and idea slash movement that God has kind of laid on my heart, um, the more I have this disdain for crappy dads. And I, and I really need to be careful how I talk about this because I don't... I don't want to put anyone down. Um, but we also got to start speaking a little bit more boldly about what is not okay. Um, we, we, we've spent so much time dancing around the truth that I think, you know, I think a lack of consequence um, yields for careless living. And so I, I want to speak to this and I speak to dad specifically. Moms, if you're listening, this applies to you too. But dad specifically, because that's the platform I chose Um, I made this post on Facebook yesterday, the day before, um, that good dads don't have to be capable. They just have to be willing. Uh, I want to speak on that just a little bit. You know, I, I speak to a lot of guys that say, man, I don't, I don't know the first thing about being a dad and and they could have a four-year-old or a 10-year-old or a soon-to-be baby. You know, it doesn't matter. There's not a specific person or, or 
place in life father that doesn't have that same feeling of inadequacy when it comes to how to be a good dad. Um, and, and I think what I want to speak to in that is I don't think anybody j- just wakes up a great dad one day. Now, if you were fortunate enough to have a man in your life, whether it be your dad or somebody else, model what it looks like to be a good father, then I'm so grateful for that because you have a great baseline. However, men with great fathers can also be terrible fathers. So don't think that that's the secret. The secret is willingness, period. Um, If you want to know how I've survived these last two years and three or four months, it's it's because I've been willing to roll with the punches, been adaptable. I'll be honest with you, things that I thought I cared about just fell by the wayside. You know, the couches that I spent all this money on that I kept in pristine condition, the moment he came alive and he spilled something on him, I, I didn't care as much about the couch as I did about not scaring my son by being this volatile, angry guy who just made things more important than his emotional peace. <laughs> um, the other thing that's important is surrounding yourself with other men that are already successfully doing it. You know, there's, there's thousands of quotes out there that say, you know, look at your circle and that's what you are. So if you want to be a good dad, find other dads that you think are doing it right and hang out with them. And do what they do. Um, being willing, um, surrounding yourself with good dads, and and also, education is is at our fingertips. It's free. You can get on Google and, and Google what's a good dad. Now, that's not always going to be the greatest source. Um, and I'll tell you right now. Sometimes, and I got to be so honest here. Sometimes the Bible while I believe in it to be true, can feel outdated certain times to like what I feel like real life culture is right now. You know, it's written a long time ago, then how could it make sense to today? And and week after week after week, God is kind of like, hey dog, um, the struggles that men were having 2,000 years ago are the same struggles y'all are having. Pride, humility, inadequacies, shortcomings, you know, lust, addiction. They're all the same things. And so I start looking at what I believe to be the character of God, the father, and he is true to his word. He is unwavering. One thing that I find so important about being a father is that when I say something, I stick to it. And my son has security in knowing that if dad says this is what's happening, it's going to happen. And it is crazy how much he thrives in that kind of structure. Another thing that that God has revealed to me, I guess, in kind of becoming a parent is the threshold between discipline and love and how love without discipline isn't actually love. It's more of selfishness and how Discipline without love isn't love at all. It's anger that you haven't dealt with yourself. And so like navigating the threshold between giving my son structure, but making sure he understands the why behind the what 
you know, even tonight, perfect example, he has a minor start of an ear infection. And so the doctor gave us an antibiotic. And the antibiotic is a lot to take at one time. And so when he sees me get it out, he, he gets this whimper. And he just, Dad, no, Dad, please. And obviously, as a man who loves my son tremendously, I don't ever want to do something that hurts him. I don't ever want to do something that inconveniences him. But I knew that momentary displeasure was going to potentially and eventually make him better. So I bring him to the couch. And and now, however you do medicine as parents, that's, you know, I'm not on here to tell you what to do. But I don't, I don't want to just grab my son and have to force medicine down his throat every time. Now, from time to time, if, if there are certain things that aren't happening, you got to make it happen, then you got to make it happen. But tonight, I sat down on the couch and he came over to me, stood between my legs, set his little pudgy hands on my knees. And I said, buddy, I said, I know this is yucky, but this is going to make you feel better. And he go, dad, no. And I said, dude, I, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to do anything to make you feel bad, but I really believe that this is the best thing for you. And so like wiping his tears, he opens his mouth and he takes it. And it's just, it's, it's this kind of like weird moment of accomplishment where your words and your confidence and your reputation with your child supersedes his discomfort. And he trusted me and he knew it was bad, but he also knew that I wanted what was good for him. Dude, that's so awesome. So that threshold between, you know, discipline and love and, and, and really navigating that and trying to be super sensitive to what it means to be a, a very in tune parent to your children's emotional needs, but also willing to cause a little discomfort momentarily for the sake of their overall peace. Oh, it's tough, man. We, uh, in our Bible study, we're reading through Exodus right now and the book of Exodus, I never really anticipated to be so convicting. Um, but Moses's journey through following God's plan in his life has been so relevant to my calling. There's some things right now that I feel like God is calling me to that don't seem to be working anywhere else than other than when God is calling me. And my heart is driven towards it. But the outcomes and the responses aren't what I expected or what I'd hoped for. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really like questioning God sometimes or questioning myself or, you know, did I do the right thing? And, and, and God through Exodus has been like, Hey, for the record, um, I never needed you. I called you. And if you want to be a part of what I'm doing, then go, but go willingly. And then I'm gonna give you instruction. And so, man, as a father, sometimes that's what you've got to be willing to do. Hey, I don't know what being a good dad looks like, but I know that being present is the start. I know that sometimes it is super difficult to step back into a situation that may seem like, oh, it's, you know, it's already, it's already fixed. It's already become the way that it is. It's already solidified. 
I know that's hard, man. If you're one of those guys right now that's like, I've, I've, I've been, been away too long. I couldn't go back. Can I just tell you you could? So as I wrap this up, I, uh, I don't want to keep this episode too long. Um, it's already late and I know we're going to be up early. Um, I, I do have a lot in store for the next couple episodes. I hope you guys are excited for, um, I'm going to bring some old voices back on to see where they're at in their dad journey, bring some new voices on that guys have battled some addictions and, and childhood trauma that has, you know, transferred itself into their journeys as fathers and how they've overcome those things and what does it look like to, to battle them. Um, I do kind of want to close with this, this, um, this desire to, I don't know, I guess I'm just addressing all of society because most of the time it's not men saying this stuff. It's, it's, it's social media shares or, or a lot of time it's women. Um, so if there's any women that are listening to this, this is a gracious heads up shout out. Um, Dads want to be better dads. There's no human on the planet who's had a child who is going to go, yep, don't really care. They suck. I don't want to be a good dad. No, they may say that to your face, but deep down, no man has a desire to fail as a father. However, I think that society sometimes expects failed dads so much that it almost helps assist in failing dads. Now, that's not me making excuses at all. I'll be the first person to call out bad behavior. Um, But a lot of the content that is shared on social media is is about moms and moms this and moms that and moms this and moms that. And for a long time, moms... You've had to carry that load because dads have fallen short. And so I'm not dismissing that. But what I am saying is until we start building some rhetoric and a narrative around inviting men, encouraging men, prompting men to come back to their duties or to start their duties as fathers, it's going to be difficult for that to happen. So, for instance, if you're a single mom and you got two kids and the dad never sees them. Instead of like bashing him, which he has probably given you a lot of ammo to bash him over. He's probably said some things, done some things, missed some appointments, fallen short, all those things. But can I just tell you in this moment that like the greatest piece of advice I ever got in being a single parent was that your child comes before anything else. And that means before your comfort, before your need to be right, before your schedule, before your timeline, before anything like that, they come first. And so I believe that all children need their daddy. And I believe that 
moms, you can play such a huge role in helping men become better dads. I I would just pray this prayer for you, that as you battle what feels like abandonment and bitterness and anger and shame, that you just have that lifted that in this very moment that I'm talking to you, that you just go, you know what? My children do need to have access to their dad. I would encourage you to call him and say, look, I know things have been rough. I know it's been hard to navigate this. I know you felt way out of the picture, but I just just want you to know that I want you to be involved in your kids' lives and I want to support that. And um, I'm here to make that available. I'm putting a lot on moms in a Better Dad podcast, but I'm just telling you how important you guys are. I'm just telling you right now that as, as single mothers, and, and you know what? I, I'm not just speaking to single moms because there's a lot of married moms that still feel really lonely when it comes to parenting their children. And and I look, I have these conversations, tough ones with guys all the time, but I, I need you guys to understand how valuable you are in helping create and facilitate better dads. So let me be the first to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you had to walk through what you had to walk through. I'm sorry that there was hurt, that there was deceit, there was what felt like abandonment, there was you name it, X, Y, Z. I'm sorry for that. I really am. However, there's got to be reconciliation. These babies need their dads, just like they need their moms. So... Moms, that's that's my that's my word of love to you, knowing that when you share that thing about oh, baby daddy this or baby daddy that, or when you're out talking about them, or when you're out and you know you're with a group of girls or whatever, and you just want to say some stuff, can I just encourage you that 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 is your children's father, and that you just fight to do what is in the best interest of your child even when it hurts, even when it's difficult. I say that as graciously as I can through a through a podcast mean. Uh, and if you ever, you know, wanna wanna pick my brain about that or ask questions about it, um, you know, I'm always willing to listen. I don't want to pretend that everybody's done everything right. I sure haven't. I'm the I'm the first person to advocate for walking in brokenness and, and being redeemed because of who I belong to. Um, but now my call to men fellas as I as I as I sit here in my home and I am 10 feet away from my sleeping son who is resting peacefully in his home I I want you to to go deeper I, I want you to start making steps in your life to become a better parent and in in whatever regard that is if if you are a dude that's living in your mom's basement that's okay but I would encourage you to create a plan that gets you out of it fellas if you feel like you're not connecting emotionally with your child try counseling Uh, I'm a first person to tell you I, I lift heavy weights I believe in violent sports, um, and I also cry to a woman that is a stranger in my life 
every other week. And she has challenged me and walked me through things and encouraged me to learn, love, and listen differently. And it has helped me become a more adequate father. And I am heavenly thankful for her and her influence. If you don't feel like you physically connect with your children, there's no affection or you don't do what they do, can can I offer you to take an interest in something that doesn't interest you? Because that's kind of what parenthood is. And people all the time are like, hey, your son is such an athlete. He's going to be this, this, and this. What do you think? Aren't you excited? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, if he if he wants to do that, that's awesome. I mean, I know a little bit about that. I can maybe help. But if he wants to go in a completely different direction, that's cool too. Like, like ask yourself this. Does every decision I make put my son or my daughter or my family first? Or am I seeking my own peace above everybody else's? Because your household will suffer when you do that. Your relationship with your child will suffer when you do that. Have, have, I, have I used my children? All right, here's the last one. This one's going to sting. This one's really, really, really going to sting. Have I used, quote unquote, the idea of being a good dad, quote unquote, to justify my current actions? Well, you know, I got I got to provide them with a quality living. And that's why you moved states away. Well, right now it's just better for them that I'm not in the picture cuz I'm I'm not where I need to be yet. Like have you used that as an excuse to not to connect with your child? Cuz if you have, I'm going to tell you right now, you are doing your child and yourself a disservice. I never made a ton of money in my life, but I made enough that it was dangerous. And I've also been in places in my life where I had to sell a lot of things that I owned just to make it to the next month. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Being broke, both physically, spiritually, emotionally, forces you to meet, create innovative ways to overcome that builds you a resiliency in regards to being a parent, a spouse, a coworker, no matter what it is. Um, so while I know that it takes money to send kids to college, and I know that it takes money to pay for sports camps and, and extracurriculars and all that other stuff, you, you know what? I, I doubt there's ever a kid that's going to get on a platform one day and say, you know, I, I loved having my dad there all the time, but I really wish he'd have made more money so I could have gone to that sports camp. You're just never going to hear it. So, fellas, if you're listening to this, if you know somebody like this, if this could potentially be you, can I just tell you right now, I'm not calling you out because I'm mad at you. In fact, I'm calling you out because I resonate with you. Because it's a danger we all have. We all find ways to justify our behavior. But don't you dare let it be on your kid's behalf. Your kids desire your presence. And that's E-N-C-E, not N-T-S. Your presence, as in you being there, not as what you can provide. So, if it means a pay cut, do it. 
if it means spending one more minute with your kid, do it. Make them a priority, man. Make them the reason. I mean, I'm telling you. And this is selfishly, I'm telling you this, okay? This isn't even some sort of like, oh, go be this valiant dad. Like, that's important to me. It is. But I'll tell you right now, I've never been more fulfilled in my whole life than being a father. Period. In everything that I've ever done outside of knowing Jesus. Being a dad is the greatest freaking thing I do every single day. I want a thousand kids. And I'm, I'm, I'm heartbroken and I'm burdened for the men that don't ever get to taste it like that. Because you thought, oh, I don't have the tools. I'm not equipped with what I would need to be the best dad. Can I just tell you, make 2023 about you taking steps closer and closer back to your family. Even if that's just a child. And hey, if you need a support system, dude, call me. Dude, call me. I take calls all the time. Thankfully, I got men in my life that I call to or that call me when they know I'm walking through it. Fellas, you cannot be a good dad without a good community, period. It requires other men to sharpen you, to hold you accountable, to encourage you to say, dude, right now you're crushing it. Dude, I don't know how you're doing it. Dude, you're doing something stupid. Check yourself. You, Dude, if you don't have that, you have nothing. Find me a dad that you really, 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 really respect and show me that he has no social circle of men that encourage him because you won't find one. All right, that's enough for tonight. Um, season two, episode two of the Better Dad podcast. We still got some shirts, some hats for sale. Uh, if you're interested in, in rocking some Better Dad merch, please reach out to me. I'd love to uh, to get you on the, the Better Dad train. Um, you know, I, I posted some stuff on my story today about some of the statistics in, in the listeners. And there's some pretty cool statistics out there that this was listened to in five different countries. And that, um, a lot of my people that listen to this, follow this and have like top five, top 10 podcasts that they listen to. So the support has been tremendous, man. Um, I think the concept and the idea is, is what people cling to. And man, I just pray that we collectively for 2023, just really push back the darkness of bad dads. And we really, I, I just want to say aggressively and peacefully approach what it looks like to invite dads back to the home. So um, I appreciate y'all so much. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Um, I hope you're setting major incredible goals for 2023. And I pray that God blesses your family um, and your efforts to be good parents. Um, thank you for listening as always. Um, and we'll talk soon.